Is that we'll just keep we'll just keep talking. Can you still yeah. hear us? Can you still hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I was just adjusting the volume. Yeah, try to turn it down just a, another smidge lower because smidge. smidge. Is, that, is that a technical? It's term? a level. Just a scotch. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of Bourbon. And before we go on with the show, we're just going to go through a little bit of news. Now, we all love and know about the secondary market. We've talked about it on the show hundreds of times. But as a warning, you should know better that you need to be cautious of anything you do outside of retail. Someone on the biggest secondary market board willfully and willingly con people out of money for bottles that he didn't own. He admitted that he was stealing people's money because in his words, he was a 23 year old guy that stumbled across the secondary market for bourbon and saw dollar signs. But thankfully the community was able to stop this before it hit it epic levels because he was only scamming people for a few dollars and those were actually on Weller Antique 107s. For anybody that works in the industry and is looking to reach a wider audience that also loves to drink bourbon, please send us an email, team at bourbonpursuit.com for partnership opportunities we have brewing. Today, we are actually out picking a barrel of Elijah Craig at Heaven Hill. Thanks to our partnership with Keg and Bottle out of San Diego for making this happen. Keg and Bottle is becoming an online powerhouse and you can get any kind of spirits shipped to your front door. Go check out Keg and Bottle, K-E-G, the letter N, bottle.com to check out their huge online inventory. Now, bottles from this barrel will be available to Patreon supporters here in a few months. So if you're interested in getting first access to these bottles or joining us on a potential barrel pick in the future, go ahead, support the show on Patreon. The main Patreon page has been updated with all the information you need. So if you have any questions, please just go ahead and send me an email. In today's show, we featured Dixon Deadman. Dixon actually had been a guest previously on the show on episode 27, so it was a long time ago. But he's done an immense job at resurrecting his family's brand. He's been secretly sourcing barrels because most of us have no idea where it's coming from, finishing them in new charred oak barrels, He's charging a hefty premium on top of it, but he's really built and created a cult following around it. This was recorded a few months ago, so there's a lot of talk about Rye Batch 2 that was coming out, as well as the up and coming Batch 8 bourbon that we'll be seeing here in the fall timeframe. But the Rye now is just starting to hit US markets across the country. We get into some interesting talk about the possible Kentucky Owl theme park, which is always gonna continue being a running joke. As always, make sure you're subscribing to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you're watching the podcast, make sure you're a subscriber on YouTube, or you can like us on Facebook to get all new posts. If you want to get the full show notes with links and everything that you can actually have at your disposal, visit bourbonpursuit.com and sign up for our email list, and those will be coming to your inbox 7 a.m. every new release. And of course, social media is where we post almost every day. So if you want to keep up to snuff on what we're doing, uh, what we're drinking, where we're going to be at, go to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and follow us at Bourbon Pursuit. And lastly, Patreon is where we have limited edition t-shirts. We've got bottle tote bags, 
that you can take to parties. We've got iron-on patches that you can put on hats or bags and all kinds of cool stuff, including, as I mentioned before, access to barrel picks. And there's a lot more cool things coming, so make sure you go check it out. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. And with that, enjoy this week's episode, and here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. When I was in college, I gripped Jim Beam and kicked it back on the Oklahoma State Delta Chi balcony. I did that once, twice, and a few more. Looking back, I never really liked the other crap people were shooting, such as Jägermeister or Cheap Tequila. I always loved shooting bourbon. I also regret drinking like that. As I grew older with a better income, I no longer felt the need to kick whiskey back, and my desire to party immensely dropped. Of course, I also liked waking up without the need to visit a liver repair surgeon or feel my brain splattered on the bedside table. I'll just say it, party drinking sucks the next day. In the medical field, they call it binge drinking, and it's terrible for you. The British Medical Journal recently reported binge drinking is killing a lot of young Americans, with cirrhosis increasing by 65% from 1999 to 2016. I personally lost a friend to this disease who drank straight from the bottle in his 30s as he did in his early 20s. He was 37 with two kids when liver disease took his life. And in the bar world, we've lost many talented mixologists who partied all night and went to work without sleep the next day. They've died in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, all way too young. It's sad, and yes, I want you to celebrate bourbon, to feel its caramel-rich notes caressing your palate, but I also hope you do so responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Know your limits and realize that you can drink too much, and that will damage you. Of course, this can sound and feel like a bit of a downer on a bourbon show. But currently, health organizations are rallying against distilled spirits in a similar fashion to the temperance Nazis prior to Prohibition. In Ireland, they're pushing to put cancer warning labels on whiskey, and new alcohol advertising bans are creeping up everywhere. We can never forget that people want to regulate what consumers take in, be it cigarettes, alcohol, or a Big Mac. They think they know what's best for you. And that also means higher taxes. After Congress passed the tax cut on spirits last year, the Washington Post asked how many people will die from it. So now you have a new reason to drink responsibly. Bourbon consumers are the world's best example that you don't have to drink every day to enjoy your passion. We like to take our bourbon neat or on the rocks, sit with friends, and just sip. And that's this week's Above the Char. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Fred Minnick. That's at F-R-E-D-M-I-N-N-I-C-K. And you can find my bourbon books wherever books are sold. Until next week, cheers. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. 
It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to the episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. We are here in our official recording studios, <laughs> yeah. live in my dining room, which we've gotten to know pretty well over the past uh, past few weeks and past few episodes, right? Yeah, we know exactly what time the FedEx man's coming, the UPS man, <laughs> the mails, you know, so uh, it's fun. I love this little studio. It's it's not too bad. You know, I think we, we're getting it figured out little by little here. You know, I've got, uh, you know, nobody can really see it. But the dog is sitting there looking out the window, just waiting. So I can't, I, there might be some post editing cuts that'll have to happen. But, you know, I think as we focus on this actual episode, this is one that, uh, you know, we had, we had this guest on a long time ago. It was back on episode 27. So we are uh, 150 plus away from the last time we had him on. And that means it was back in the early days, right? And yeah. you're saying we used to really suck back then. That's probably true. <laughs> it's funny when you like, because we're now just starting to revisit these guests we had on early in the show. And like, you think back what was going on in that time. And we, the first time we interviewed Dixon, I think I was talking to you all about being in a parking lot, urban outfitters shopping <laughs> with my wife. And like, we had no clue what we were doing. We, just, we, <laughs> we tried, we just tried to, we make just it faked happen. it. We faked it till we made it. So it's, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, hopefully do this a better <laughs> round two. So, uh. <laughs> well, I mean, so for anybody that has never heard anything about Kentucky Al, I'm sure you have by now because of just how well it's just gone and taken over in different markets and made a splash, uh, you know, but like I said, it was back on episode 27. So make sure you do yourself a service and go and listen to it because we're not going to talk all about the history of Al. We might touch on a little bit to give a little refresher, but not as in depth as we did that last time. But yeah. That's a good segue into introducing our guest today. So today we have Dixon Deadman of Kentucky Owl. He has had many titles. We were trying to figure out the what man, it is. The myth, the legend. Yeah, I mean, he he said it's he's been everything from brand ambassador to master blender, maybe CEO. I don't know. President, like, we'll just, account yeah. manager, account, accounts yeah. receivable, <laughs> finance manager. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just a mixed bag. So Dixon, welcome back, buddy. Man, thank you, thank you. I, I, as you're talking about that, I'm trying to remember where I was or where we did this interview. And I, I'm not even sure I can recall. Uh, I mean, that it was last fun. yeah, when I was when I was even trying to set up this this recording, I sent you a message and I was like, hey, should I still send you to like Dixon at your, your bed and <laughs> breakfast email address? Because I figured by now you'd be like all like at Kentucky Yale or at Stoli or something like that. 
No, I, I have the at Kentucky Isle email address. You can you can send to either one. It, it exists, but, <laughs> but so, you know, it's, it's funny because um, with all that has happened since we last you know talked, I mean, my 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 day to day life, my real life. I mean, I'm here. I'm I'm in my office at the inn. Um, you know, we're serving lunch at about eleven thirty today, and I'll co- you know so. Um, not, it, it, I think everybody thinks that all this, you know, crazy changes have, and it has, there have been a lot of changes, but, um, you know, I, I still have the, the end that's still my, my everyday passion and, and what I do. And, and, uh, um, you know, so as much as, as has changed since the last time we talked, I think a lot probably hasn't, which is kind of funny. Um, cause you go, you talk to people a lot and they, they just feel like, you know, I must be some new person or, or doing some new stuff. And, and, um, the reality is there's probably a good chance that I'm going to bust some tables here in about an hour and a half and wash some dishes and fry some chicken and you know, it's all good. I mean, it, are you getting to the point of burnout a little bit? I mean, how are you, how are you able to kind of, and by the way, I guess give people an idea that, um, what you do as well as Kentucky Al, because just to give a, yeah. a little bit of refresher of, of oh, what right. the end is. Yeah. So, you know, I, my, my day job, uh, you know, I, I own and operate, uh, the Beaumont Inn here in Harrodsburg. It's been in my family. We're in our 99th year. So next year we celebrate a hundred years. I'm the fifth generation of my family. We've got 31 guest rooms and three restaurants and uh, about 40 acres here, uh, kind of right in central Kentucky, um, about 30 miles South of Lexington. So right, right kind of in the heart of, 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 of bourbon country. We're, uh, 20 minutes from, uh, 20 minutes South of four roses, 25 minutes South of wild Turkey. If that gives the uh, bourbon community an, an idea. <laughs> They're yeah. looking at Google it's maps the, right now, trying to figure all that out. <laughs> it's the, it's the green briar of, uh, you know, the bourbon trail, right? I couldn't have said it better. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> so I, I, back to my original question, like how are you, uh, not feeling any sort of burnout by, by doing, handling both the, the bed and breakfast at the Beaumont Inn as well as, or not bed breakfast, but you're, you're you right. know, doing things at the Beaumont you know, Inn as, as well as the Kentucky Owl thing. The, the thing about, um, both the Inn and Kentucky Owl that, um, that, you know, make it, um, so that you don't, you know, I, I am very fortunate. I am very blessed to be able to do, uh, what I love to do. Um, and I'm very blessed to be able to continue traditions, um, and to promote, uh, things that mean a lot to my family. Um, there's a great sense of pride in, in, in carrying on the tradition of, of the inn, as well as, um, you know, of, of promoting this brand, uh, in Kentucky out that, that, you know, dates well over a hundred years with, with my family. So, um, I think with anything, there's obviously you get, you know, tired of, of, you know, uh, there's, there's some bit of, um, you know, the grind, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I feel very blessed and, and, and have a great opportunity to, to do, you know, something that I love. And, and, um, so, um, you know, I, 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 I'm excited, uh, every day about, about what, uh, what opportunities and what challenges I have. And, and, you know, so how much time were you putting into 
Kentucky Al and because I mean we we follow along with you on Facebook and Instagram and everything like that and you I know you're traveling a lot for it you're also sitting there uh, testing out new blends it seems like every other week so how much time is, is actually going into it honestly a lot more than I thought um, and it's it, you know last year was um, was a little bit of a challenge to juggle some of that um, you know. I, I've never, I will never let Kentucky Owl get in the way of, of what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do here at the end. Um, and I, you know, and I, um, have been able to lean on some very important people to me here at the end to, to cover some of the things that, uh, that I need to do so that I can, um, devote, you know, a little more time to travel and things like that. Um, but you know, it's a challenge. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge. And, and, uh, um, it's a fun challenge, you know, but there's a lot of times where, um, I mean, just two weeks ago, I, I did um, the payroll for Beaumont Inn on an airplane on my way to do an event in uh, in New York. So, you know, you just kind of have to adjust on the fly sometimes. Yeah. Technology makes that a lot easier. <laughs> it does help. <laughs> but it's hard to shut it off, too. Um you talk about, you know, there's not many changes, but obviously there has been changes. For people that don't know, what has changed with Kentucky Owl, you know, in the past year or two? Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, Kentucky Owl, we we got to a really, a really amazing spot uh, where we're doing Kentucky-only releases. And then, you know, I'm seeing bottles uh, on bar shelves in Chicago and New York and San Francisco, you know, and, 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 and we really, the, the need or the opportunity to grow this brand outside Kentucky was there, but for uh, Mark and Sherry and I, you know, the challenge of negotiating with all these individual States, it, it just became too, you know, too, too broad. And so we partnered, I partnered with the Stoli group to essentially use their marketing and distribution channels um, to take the, you know, the, the brand outside the state of Kentucky. And so, you know, that moved uh, a little bit quicker than I thought it was going to. in the fact that we were able to, um, to do some of the things that I wanted to do over the next three or four years, i.e. the rye in, in a shorter amount of time and things like that, which led to more markets, which, you know, was, and quite honestly, you know, I have the opportunity to say, no, I don't want to go to that market or no, I don't want to do that event or no, I don't want to go, but it, I still, it is still, every bit of me, it is, it is my, you know, nobody touches the product unless, except for me, nobody does the blend except for me, nobody puts it up. So, um, and it's my story and it's, 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 it's our creation. And so I want to be the one to tell the story. I want to be the one to travel. I want to be the one to, to see the people and just shake, you know, shake their hand and thank them for being a, um, you know, a, um, a consumer and thank them for, for, you know, helping us get where we're going. So, um, that's, that's really where the, you know, a lot of that comes from, I guess. So what was the process? Like, were you like, you said you reached that point, were you looking for outside and help or investors or were you being sought out? And, um, and why did you ultimately choose Stoli over others if there was others? So I guess there's uh, both those. I mean, you know, we, we knew that we needed outside, we needed something else, but, um, they approached us um, and 
and they weren't the only ones who had approached us. The reality is that um, I wanted, um, I, I didn't want to, you know, I, I want to stay, I want to be a part of it. I want, and, and the reality is that they said, let us help you achieve um, your, your goals. Let us help you get where you want to go. But you still make all the decisions, call all the shots and are still the face of the brand. And, and they have been so true to their word on that. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it's still, the blend will be what, uh, it will be based on what I put together. Uh, and I'm not putting anything that I don't believe in in a bottle. I'm not putting anything that I don't think is, is the single best combination of barrels I can put together. And I don't have, uh, and, you know, they've never given, uh, any direction other than you just continue to do what, uh, what you've been doing. So. And you're the first bourbon to be in Stoli's portfolio. Do you think when they did that, that was, they were, they were really trying to give up a little bit more to, to kind of start branching out into that as well, because you might not be the last, last two. Well, the reality is that they have been branching out for quite some time now. Um, the Stoli group, um, has a rum facility in Louisiana, um, Bayou rum. They, um, they've got a couple wineries. Um, there's a tequila under that umbrella now. So, um, they, you know, they, that group has been diversifying for a while. And, and of course, um, you know, they wanted to get in the bourbon game. They had been trying, um, uh, at different places. And, and so, you know, this is, it's a, it's a very, um, aggressive, uh, company, um, as you can tell by what they plan to build in Bardstown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a lot of people want to talk about that. But, <laughs> um, but the reality is, you know, they, that is, is an ultra premium company with ultra premium goals and ambitions. And, and so we fit well with them, uh, not to become some mass marketed, um, you know, they, they, they like luxury and they wanted to essentially, they, they, they just really came and offered to help us get, uh, and achieve, you know, our, our long-term goals. And, and, and it's been a really amazing partnership so far. So what were your, I mean, when you first started this company, like, you know, what were your long-term visions? Like, did you have any idea this is where you'd want to be or? No, none at all. I mean, I, I act like I keep saying we had these long, you know, and the goal was always uh, <laughs> sell a few bottles to maybe yeah. pay for a trip to Florida. Right. 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 I mean, you know, I had no idea that we'd be here, that we'd be doing that. I mean, I, none. Um, but as I think as we continued to release um, product and people really started to believe in, you know, what, what, what we're doing, what we're saying and, and, and believe in the fact that, you know, in, in kind of our, um, philosophy, um, you know, you just want to take it to, to a broader market than, than just, just Kentucky. And, and that, I mean, that, that was really what, you know, the, the challenge that we, that we were facing. I mean, did you see yourself possibly going into saying, I want to do Kentucky Owl full time? Um, no, no. I mean, I, I, I and, and full time, I, sometimes I feel like it is full time. It's already full time. I think I have two full time obligations as, as it is. But, um, you know, 
there's something very special to me every day about walking into the inn, about carrying on this tradition, about uh, being, you know, the fifth generation of my family to do this. And, 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 you know, I, I'm not, I'll never walk away from, from this. You kind of look at it as maybe the, the Kentucky Owl brand can kind of go and take a life of its own one day, but this is still going to be your thing that you're going to end up getting old and gray and still be hanging out back at Beaumont, right? I think Beaumont and Kentucky Owl are, are making me old and grayer faster <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> faster than I, I would like, but um, no, I mean, I, I, I have every intention of staying as with Kentucky Owl as long as, um, as, as that project continues. Um, you know, again, it's just kind of figuring out, you know, how you, um, I don't know. Yeah. How you balance it, balance it, everything. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, the blends and the batches and everything like that. You know, when you're, when you're figuring this out and you know, you, when you've, you've been expanded past Kentucky for a while now, what is, what's the ultimate goal in, and how you can take something and scale it. Because if you're going to sit there and say like, okay, I can release 1500 bottles. And now it's like, okay, we got to get to like 3000 or 5,000, like whatever that magic number is. The reality is like now, you know, I have so much, like so much more as if it's, you know, compared to others, it's nothing. But, um, you know, we started this project however many years ago and we're both putting down new fills as well as, you know, acquiring liquid rebound. So every, every time it comes to, to create a new batch every year, I have more available, um, you know, to, to work with. Um, when you think about batch one, I mean, I, it was a five barrel blend and I had six barrels to work with, you know, um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot more liquid at my, um, you know, at my disposal at this point. So, you know, the batches can become a little bit bigger. Um, will they ever be 50,000 barrel blends? Absolutely not. You know, this is always going to be very hands-on, very craft, very small, very boutique. Um, but, you know, I have the luxury of, of a little more liquid available right now. And so it, it makes my job a little harder. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I'm enjoying, you know, kind of putting together and playing with this and seeing where these barrels, uh, you know, and I, I look at this barrel, uh, and the notes on it from last year and where it is this year and the way it's changed. And, and, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a math. It's corny and cliche. It's a total labor of love, but, you know, to your point about burnout, like sometimes I'm just like, I, I cannot go and, and taste it. <laughs> I, like, I just, I just can't. <laughs> not today not today well i mean another aspect of that too is you know we've we've talked to other blenders on here and they say pretty much the hardest part to do is do something consistent um it's it's actually pretty easy to get a you know nine to ten barrels and create some new blend that tastes has subtle differences than the last time you know is, is that your goal to kind of have these these nuances where you create stuff and that is a um, a numbered batch and then it's a limited release. And then it's kind of like, you know, collecting baseball cards at this point, you want to have, yeah, you I, mean, have I, think, set. I think maybe that's the luxury that I have um, is that, you know, admittedly every batch is going to be different. Batch one is, you know, two is different from one and did not follow the same profile. And, and, and 
um, you know, six was completely different from seven and, you know, they're all unique. They all, and, and, and so, um, you know, I don't sit down to try to recreate anything. I sit down with, um, the, you know, the, the barrels I have available to me, um, and then figure out what best direction that I believe this blend should go in. And then I put it together and it's not about, replicating a previous batch or, or a profile. I don't sit down with an idea in mind of what this one's going to taste like. Um, I look at the barrels, um, I kind of take a, uh, an inventory of the profiles that I have available. And then, you know, we, we start down the path to, to see where it ends up. Um, it's, it's always kind of fun. It's, it's, it's certainly a challenge. Um, I love to get input. Um, I actually, was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago and we did an event at a place called Longman and Eagle. I don't know if y'all have been there. Oh yeah. That's great happen. place. Um, I but great I actually brunch. took a, uh, um, a sample of, of one of the blends that could potentially become number eight and, and, and let the whole uh, group sample it and see what they thought about it and stuff. And, and, you know, it's, it's, and, and we did number two, then number six, and then this test blend. And they're all three completely different bourbons. So to, to kind of kickstart that back, I also want to give people a refresher because you do something that's a little bit unique where you are rebarreling a lot of these, um, you know, you, you kind of dump it, then rebarrel it, age it for a little bit longer, and then uh, and then bottle it. Is that still uh, still true? Very much so, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I used to kind of stumble over this, um, you know, explanation. Um, and I think the fact that I have given my song and dance a number of times, but like the best, best example that I can give with kind of the philosophy that we started with was to essentially create an inventory of barrels with unique flavor profiles uh, based on different ages, different locations and different rick houses. But also we would rebarrel liquid into barrels with, um, different char levels and place them in different. And, and so the idea was to create this inventory of barrels with all these different flavor profiles and then sit down and blend, blend them together to, to create, you know, again, a, a, a combination of, 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 of unique barrels to complement each other into, in, in, into one, um, you know, in, into the best thing that, that we could uh, develop. And, and that's really, um, I think maybe, you know, it, it, we kind of, it's, it's, it's a moving target, uh, but that, that's really been the, um, the, you know, the program that we've, we've stuck with. Um, and, and I think, you know, one that's a little bit unique to Kentucky Owl versus what, what some of the other um, people are doing. And you're putting them into new charred oak barrels. So Silk is able to hold that Kentucky straight. Correct. On it. So, what's what's the age that you're if you can divulge like how long are you putting it in those extra barrels and then are you seeing any sort of loss that are that's coming from the angel share or whatever right so we've got i've got 10 year old barrels that uh uh were the liquid was two years old when i put it into the into new oak and some that were six and they've been in there a year and it's just you know it, it, you just kind of watch them and play with them and and, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, there, there are times when you go back and check this barrel and it's like, where did all that go? 
<laughs> you know, we've had, I mean, I, just like with any, you know, I had a barrel that I found, um, I don't know about, was about this time last year that, you know, that, that was almost a total loss. That was, you know, a, a, a one, one that I was kind of putting away that I was really excited about. Uh, it was a, you know, a, a weeded barrel that we had double barreled that was going to be, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you go look at it. It's like, Oh, Oh, Those damn leaky barrels. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's the nature of the beast, I guess, but. Absolutely. So how often are you putting out new batches? Like what's your, what's your time frame on, on doing a lot of these? Is it saying uh, we'll do once a quarter to a year? No, no, no. The urban, whenever, we, whenever Dixon doesn't feel like it's for now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I, the, like with, the, the with, the, with the bourbon, um, you know, the, the target is always, you know, that, that, that fall release of every year, one a year. Um, we've really, the only time I've released something outside of that were the three single barrels we did in December of 2015, which was kind of a, uh, kind of a one-off thing. But other than that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on batch eight right now. Um, but the target release for that is, is September, you know, October, um, the rye, uh, we're doing twice a year. So there will be a, probably a late spring release of the rye. And then targeting another um, kind of fall, late fall, early winter release. So before we jump on the ride bandwagon, I want to kind of talk a little bit about Batch 8. So um, what do you you think you're doing a little bit differently with Batch 8 that you did with, say, Batch 7? Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. What do you what do you think you're doing a little bit differently with batch eight that you did with say batch seven? Because um, you know we we were kind enough to get some some sample bottles thrown our way and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we'll tell you a funny story after this if you mm-hmm. ever caught yeah. it too. But go ahead. Um, I, what's interesting about batch eight is this is the first time that I am looking at three or more different distillates 
going into the same uh, into this batch. Um, you know, usually in the past, it's been a combination of of two uh, different, but but right now, um, I've got three and potentially four different. Um, distillates that have all been rebarreled and, and, um, you know, that, that are kind of, uh, making their way into this blend. So it's, um, again, I, I just, I have so much more at my disposal as this stuff, um, it, it, it comes of age. And, and the reality is that, um, I, I'm not in, I, just for me and in my experience in doing this, um, you know, I'm not one of those, Oh, it, if it's not 15 years old, you, you know, I, I think when it's right, it's right. And, you know, I've got six year old stuff that we rebarreled at three that is so complex and so full of flavor and so intense and, and, uh, um, and it's ready and I want to use it. And, you know, I, I I'm not, I, I don't feel like you got to sit there and say, Oh, well, if it's not, um, cause I, I, quite honestly, I think you put it in a sample bottle, you send it to somebody and say, taste this. And they're going to say, that is amazing. What is it? You know, and if you tell them beforehand, oh, this is, you know, six year old, they're going to be like, oh, it's only six years old. Yeah. You know, the reality <laughs> is, you know, the, get the snobs that are coming out, right? Right. right. The kiddies and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess, I don't know if you were, if you were, watching or paying attention to last year, we actually had a, a blind sampling round table that we oh, did. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was when you had sent us the batch seven samples and we had tried it. I think I did like a live review on Facebook. I was like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. You know, you know, it's like, I was like, you know, it's might be tough to find the price is a little high, but you know, you're all, you're aware, well aware of that. <laughs> and then we had a, a blind sampling round table where somebody from the fan of the show, they sent us blind samples and we all went through and it was like the last sample, I yep. think. And we were all like, wow, like, what is this? This is really good. Like, he's got, I was, I was like, this has got to be a Willet. Willet. You know? I mean, we're Willet. sitting there like, maybe it's some like good barrel proof, like something we never had before. It might be a little old. And then coming to find out, like, it's batch seven Kentucky. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what we had just tasted like that yeah, week, the we, week had no idea, right? we had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny story. I, I can't, was it, is it, um, it was it was Michael Urano. Yeah, you you'd send Yeah, him, Michael. Okay. You, ba- right. you basically sent him the bottle and then he re-put it into sample bottles and sent it right back to us to like <laughs> yeah. mess with our heads. Yeah, to so mess with it was, us. It was pretty interesting. Because we I think Blake had just done a live review of batch seven too, like the week before. So it was perfect like timing. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I he was I was getting texts from him cracking up. I think maybe even like while he was watching it, like, you're never going to believe this. You're never going to. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we'll be looking for those, those batch eights in the, in the mail then. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, whenever you get around, you got a FedEx person, probably they'll take care of it. Yeah. So I want to kind of touch on the rye a little bit, right? What was the idea of starting the rye release? Because, you know, you were, you were doing bourbon, uh, very, very well for, you know, five to six consecutive batches. And then you came out with the rye release and not only that, it was, it was, it was massive. So yeah. what was the idea behind it? I love rye whiskey. Um, I have been fooling around with rye whiskey. Um, I've got all kinds of cool things. I've got new make rye whiskey aging and used Kentucky Isle barrels. Um, I have always wanted to, I, I've always wanted the, um, 
next iteration um, of Kentucky out to be a, a true, excuse me, Kentucky straight rye whiskey. So, you know, this has been something that I've been planning and counting on for, for a while. And, uh, you know, it just, um, it was really the first thing that, uh, I felt like not only was it ready, um, but you know, I, I, I could use that channel, that, um, Stoli channel to take it, you know, further than, than obviously than just Kentucky and, and things like that. So, um, I was, I was super excited to get the rye out there. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun to work with. Um, it's the first thing I've ever done that I didn't release at barrel proof. Um, I loved it at, at, you know, it was 132.4 at barrel proof, which, uh, was, was amazing, but it also, um, I wanted, I wanted the complexity, the structure, the backbone of a true rye whiskey, uh, but I wanted to make it a little more approachable um, because as you, you know, you know, 130 something proof uh, rye whiskey is pretty intense. Um, so we took it all the way down to 110.6, um, which is still, uh, you know, got a little, um, and, and, and I, I was really excited about it. It's another one of those things. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not putting anything out there. I don't believe in, I'm not putting anything out there. I'm not putting my name on, I'm not putting any, you know, anything out there that, uh, that I don't stand behind, but, I was floored with the reception. Um, I think it was, it was really, really well received and I was very pleased with the response. Um, you know, and, and, and the reality is that, um, I, I don't expect everybody to love everything that, that we do. Um, you know, I, I love going to, to different events and people talk about how much they love batch two and they like, you know, batch six is their favorite or, or, the, or, or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, the rye, was one of those things again, I'm putting it out there because I believe in it, but I don't expect, you know, I I'm, I'm okay with people not liking it and this to be expected, but I I, I was really floored by the response with the ride and and very, you know, thankful for, for all the, um, you know, the the people that tried it and enjoyed it and and, I'm excited about getting the, the next one out there. What's the process like? You talk about it was one thirty two barrel proof, and then you decide to bring it down to one ten. Why one ten? And like, do you just keep adding water to? You're like, oh, this is the perfect spot to stop, or regardless. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. You know, I, I'm just neither are we. Kind but of, you, but you slept at the Beaumont Inn last night, so therefore. Well, of yeah. course, yes. <laughs> yeah. You can perform surgery as a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> I um, so you know, I, I don't. I'm sure that there are people who are a lot more talented and and have done this a lot longer than I have that can tell you the right way to do it. I just know how I did it, and the first thing I did was I put this together and I found the combination of 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 barrels that that I um. I thought were the best. And then, um, basically I took it way down, uh, in proof to see what happened to it. And like I think happens with a lot of rye whiskeys, the, the structure, the complexity, the backbone just drops out of it and they end up tasting like floor cleaner. Um, so, you know, then it was about finding that sweet spot, finding that, you know, and so what I would do is I would take it and I would put it at, um, you know, about five or six different, you know, spots to figure out where, you know, where the, where the right one, um, 
where, where it works. And, and, um, typically, uh, you know, with, with anything, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get it set up and then I'll walk away from it and I come back in a couple of days and, and, and then I, everything is done blind. So I'll have, I had that rye at probably five different proof points, um, in glasses in front of me, I left the room, somebody comes in, switches them all around. I come back, I go through it. I find, you know, I, I choose the one that I think, um, you know, is the best. And, and then, um, you know, then I say, okay, now come back in and tell me which one that was or whatever, you know? So, I mean, that, that's my really scientific process for doing that. You know, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds know. right in my alley. Like he, not, he didn't have a, like a white lab coat on it. It's <laughs> and just a he goes and he, he makes sure that the meatloaf isn't burning and he comes back and he's, you know, he's making sure that batch one of Kentucky all rise ready to go. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of times I come back and, and, uh, and, and, you know, with, with a piece of chicken and I, um, you know, little corn pudding and, you know, how, how does this taste next to good, you know, good home cooking? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, I mean, when, when batch one released, I think this is where Stoli kind of put a, sorry, batch one of the, the, the rye. Is this where Stoli really kind of really, I guess, cemented their, their help in, in this venture because you're actually able to take this to a lot more markets. It was the biggest release that you've probably ever done. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, not to bore you or, or whatever, but it's a, I don't think a lot of people understand kind of the way the whole thing works in that. I definitely um, don't. Yeah. So like if I, if, if I'm a Kentucky only release, you know, I, I, I dot the I's and cross the T's with, with whatever distributor I use in Kentucky if I want to go to Indiana, I got to go and I got to set up a deal and, and jump through all the hoops with somebody in Indiana. If I want to go to Ohio, I got to do the same thing in Ohio. If I want to do the thing, you know, and so, um, that, that was really, you know, where, where, I, you know, our relationship was made life a lot easier. They've got distribution in all 50 States. So it, it just makes it, it, the, you know, the pipeline is, is there, so to speak. And, and, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we sat down and they said, where would you, you know, like to see this go? And, and we have partners in these states that, that are really excited about it. Are you good with that? I said, absolutely. You know, and, and um, yeah, so it was um, it, it was a great opportunity to, you know, to kind of expand the footprint of Kentucky Owl and the brand. We did actually, you know, we released the batch number seven. Um, in very small quantities to six additional markets outside Kentucky as well. Um, so we, we moved some stuff, um, you know, and, and, and are, you know, going to continue to kind of grow this, the, the footprint a little bit, but still on a very small scale. Do you want the bourbon to become as big as the rye release? No, it, it, I, I can't. It can't. So, so why, just, why, just why from can't a it? liquid standpoint, it, it can't. <laughs> like, like, like there's literally just not enough product. It just can't. No, no. And you know, and that is funny because over the years I have, I bet, you know, I turned down 70% of, of what was offered to me because I didn't believe in the quality of, of the liquid. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very specific and, 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 and want, um, you know, I, I don't want a sample from, um, let's say a 50 barrel lot. I want 25 cents. I want to know exactly because I, you know, I, if I don't believe in it, I'm, I, I don't want to, um, 
you know, I, I'm not going to use it. And so um, just with, with bourbon, you know, it's just the, the, the quantity is very limited. Um, and, and what, um, what I want to do with it is, is not to turn it into some, you know, like I said, some big massive uh, thing. I, it's still going to be very, um, you know, very, very small, very craft, very hands-on. And, and, you know, I think the rye, I think there's a misconception about, I mean, the rye went to a lot of markets, but not, not very much of it went to all those markets. So it, we were able to spread it around, but it's still not like it's some, you know, hundred thousand bottle release or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Good. That's, you brought it up. So people, I was going to ask that. Yeah. People were trying to figure out exactly how many bottles were actually in the release because with the bourbon, you put the number of the right. bottle and everything like that. The rye didn't have it. So feel free to dispel about how many bottles were in the, the batch one of rye top release. Secret information. It's absolutely top secret information. <laughs> get some Russian yeah. hackers to find it. What's that? That's right. Get, get some hackers to find it. There were. Um, I don't know. I don't know the number. There were a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, the last batch of bourbon I did were, was like 2,500 bottles. Um, you know, this is, there were well over like 12,000 bottles of the rye. I don't know the, um, the exact number with the bourbon, you know, we're, I'm always there. We, we, you know, from the start of the bottling to the finish of the bottling, it was enough for this to be like a three day process. So they threw me out after a while. Uh, but. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the rye as just a, it's just another brand extension. It's an, it's a line extension. It kind of keeps, it keeps the focus on Kentucky Owl a little bit longer if you can continually doing these, these releases. So it seems like with you, you, you put a lot more emphasis on the bourbon than the rye, or is it just uh it's just something that is uh, just another part of what this is. Um, I don't, so I'm not sure I understand the, say that again. I mean, do you care about the rye as much as you care about the bourbon? I guess that's a better way to put it. I, I will tell you with 100% um, certainty, as long as I am involved with um, Kentucky Owl and that brand, um, I will, I, nothing I will put nothing out that I don't stand behind 100% and put 100% of myself into it. Um, whether it's bourbon, whether it's rye, or you know whatever else. So wow, I, I spent the we're same. We're gonna get something there. We're gonna get something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, maybe we <laughs> um, start making uh, corn whiskey, rum. You yeah, name it. Well, yeah, I have no interest in doing moonshine or you know whatever but uh, you know but american whiskey i guess, I guess the reality is like i'm not especially with blending the the rise is I, I gave the same um attention and and dedication i have the same passion about the rise i have about the bourbon um i'm not you know and 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 my name is I mean, my actual physical name and signature on the back of the rye. I'm not putting that on there unless it's something I absolutely believe in 100%. And so, yeah, I mean, I, there's not going to be anything that, that I'm associated with or affiliated with that won't get hundred percent of my attention and, and, and full devotion. Oh, cool. I think we could, we could try to switch gears a little bit and take it to the, the theme park that you're building. Uh, so kind of talk about the, the investment in Stoli and what's going to be happening in Bardstown. Well, I, you know, there's no question that, um, one, I don't think that they understood how 
big a news that was going to be, um, <laughs> to be, to be quite honest. Um, and you know, the Stoli is, is an actively growing, um, organization. As I mentioned, you know, the tequila, the facility in La Cassine, Louisiana, the wines, um, uh, getting into this, in, into the scotch industry. And, um, but they are committed to, you know, the bourbon industry and, 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 uh, and, and becoming a major player in, uh, in this. Now, um, what does that mean for Kentucky? Owl? Kentucky Owl will be a very uh, kind of the, as, as I had, you know, the, the way they describe it is Kentucky Owl will be the crown jewel of, um, Stoli's, um, American whiskey and bourbon program. So, um, the, you know, this, this park, um, for lack of a better term is, <laughs> what do you want to call it? Uh, right. Is, um, is, you know, make no mistake. This is a, will be a state of the art, um, beautifully designed, you know, manufacturing facility for what I think will be some of the world's absolute best, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And will I, I will have a role in that. I'll have, uh, you know, my little corner, uh, that I live in, but, um, you know, they have much bigger ambitions for larger scale products and programs than, than just Kentucky out that will come out of this, uh, this facility. If that, if that makes sense. So you could kind of compare it to being like the Willett family estate would be the Kentucky Owl, And then you have all these other brands under, you know, KBD or whatever. Uh, like I think that's, yeah, that, that's, that's very accurate. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, trying to figure out what, what role, uh, or roles, um, you know, we're all going to play, but this is a, this is a development that is, is, is starting to take shape, but it's not like it's going to be there tomorrow. Um, so the reality is that for me, you know, I I'm working on batch eight and I'm working on batch two of the rye and I'm working on, um, our new fills programs and, and, and what the, um, you know, what, what's coming up. Um, I, I'll, I'll, somebody else has the task of, um, making sure they're moving the dirt to the right spot. <laughs> or, the quarry. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's, that's not, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of that. So why I, did, I got uh, enough on my plate. Why did you all choose Bardstown and not, you know, you said you got 40 acres there at the Beaumont Inn. Why not do it there? Well, the reality is that this, uh, this, this is, um, going to be as much of a, um, a work of art, uh, as, uh, as it is a, a facility, a production facility. This quarry, um, will turn into these five, um, lakes where, and this distillery will kind of sit in the, in the middle of this. Um, it, it just, it was, it was the right, uh, size and, 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 and opportunity, um, I think for them to create something that is going to be one of, if not the most spectacular bourbon destinations, mm-hmm. um, that, that Kentucky and, and the areas has seen. 
I mean, being from Bardstown, as people may know or not know, I, I, we, we all are, everyone is super excited about it. I mean, ever since it got announced, you know, we're, it's it's one of the very missing parts of the Bourbon Trail. I think also explain what's going to be there. You know, I've I've heard things from Ferris wheels to, you know, <laughs> roller the, coasters. Yeah, everything. Right. So, like, what what is what is the actual idea of, of what the, the the essence of this place is really supposed to be? Yeah, I mean, and, and to be quite honest, I don't, you know, the, there's. They had to put something together, you know, on paper. Um, what the reality is at the end of the day is is still, you know, to be determined. Um, I think some of the extraneous things got a little more attention than they should have because, um, number one, this is going to be, as I said, a, a state-of-the-art, um, you know, beautifully designed, but it is, this is, the goal number one is to create, you know, a production facility for the, you know, the, the brands that will come out of this facility. So um, down the road, there may, you know, I mean, there's, there's talk of um, a convention center type thing, boutique hotel, potentially that type of stuff. But, but the reality is that, that, that goal number one, two, and three are, um, you know, product, you know, in production and, 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 and being able to, you know, have a home for, for these brands and a place for people to come and, and, and see where, where, you know, we're making the stuff and, and tasting the stuff and blending the stuff. So, um, you know, as I said, a lot of the, uh, I don't mean to call them extraneous, but the, the extraneous stuff got some attention. The reality is that, uh, this is a distillery first and foremost, and, and, you know, whatever happens after that, um, for somebody else to decide. But. I mean, your expertise is in the blending side and with the talk of the distillery going in, like, do you really want to have an involvement with there or you'll just be on the back end and making sure. Yeah. That I mean, comes no, out? I'm not, I, I'm not a, a distiller. Um, I have my opinions of, you know, and, and, and spend time with, with people who, who are, um, you know, no, no, or forget more in a half hour than I know in my, in, you know, in my life combined. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not as if I'm about to become, you know, we, they will bring in, we will hire a master distiller who will handle all of, all of that. Um, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to continue to, to work with the barrels as they develop, um, you know, and, and, and do the blending. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's my role. Sounds like a win-win. Yeah, I mean, I might have like kind of a cool office or something like that. <laughs> Maybe little, a little cubicle somewhere. I was say, they should probably just put like a bronze statue you up yeah. somewhere, right? At some. I, I I think it's more of like a, a broom closet with my name on it is what I'm kind of <laughs> expecting. So. I think you're underselling yourself there. I mean, what, what you've done with the brand and how yeah. it's grown and. You know, whether it was a lot of social media that really helped it, it was a lot of reviews that kind of helped it along. I mean, well, and just having a good product. Helps, yeah, I mean, you it's, know. it's 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 taken over in the short span of time, right? I mean, I, I'm sure that you had never imagined how fast and how quickly it grew in the span of what, uh, 2015, so three, I mean, three the, and a half, four years. The timing yeah. wasn't bad either. 2014. <laughs> September of 14. No, I, no idea. I had no idea. And, and I don't. Um, I don't know how we did it. I, I don't really know. It's not like we had some, some plan. We laid out a, you know, I mean, it just, um, I did, we did things the way that we thought we should do. Them. Um, when, when you would get, you know, you'd see somebody, 
um, on social media saying who are these people and what is this stuff? And, and you know, my response was always, we're the wise man. Well, no, my response is always send me your address. You know, I'll send you a sample. You, you know, you make, you, you make your decision based on that. You know, I, I love, you know, to, to, and, and I'm not talking about with Kentucky. I'm talking about in general. I, I just, you know, I, I love, um, the criticism that some things get when people don't even, you know, try them. They don't even, you know, give it a, give it a look or, or want to judge it based on, you know, something that I don't think has any effect on, on, on the liquid in the bottle. So the idea to try it, open it here, you know, you want to crush me, you crush me after you taste it. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's a lot of what we did. I mean, I sent a lot of samples out to people, um, you know, and, and said, this is, this is it. This is what it is. I, it's fine. If you don't like it, this is, you know, what I'm, what I'm standing behind and what I'm proud of. And, and, you know, um, it's, it's been kind of a crazy ride, but it's cool. <laughs> Seems like it worked. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, while we're talking about samples, I think that's something we should also touch on is, uh, Dixon's infamous Instagrams of his samplings <laughs> that always happen at the, at the Beaumont Inn, Right. So kind of talk about what you do with that when guests come in or, or, you know, what's available and all that well, kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that, um, I kind of, uh, started doing several years ago was, was offer, offering these tastings to, and it started with just, you know, our house guests and, and it's grown to the point that now I've converted a, um, a space into an actual tasting room. I can fit 16 people around a, a table and, and, um, you know, you get people that come to Kentucky all the time, you, you know, you all know this, and they, they think that, um, it's just going, you know, everywhere you go, there's going to be every amazing bourbon that's ever created <laughs> available to you for, you know, can be farther from the truth, you know, five bucks a, a pop or something like that. So, um, you know, what I wanted to do was offer kind of a unique opportunity for, for people to come and taste some stuff that maybe they've heard of or, or, um, not heard of, but don't have available to them. And, and, um, it's, it's a, it's a great way to kind of interact with our guests or with people that are coming through. And, and, you know, it's not a bad thing to sit down three or four times a, a week and, and, and drink bourbon with people. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's something, I think it's unique, um, that we offer here at, at the end, um, that you can't really get, uh, somewhere else, but you know, the chance to kind of sit down and taste through some stuff. And, um, I usually just kind of, um, ramble very, very similarly to what, you know, um, I do when I talk to you guys, um, you know, but it's, 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 it's open. It's not scripted. I don't, uh, if I've done that, ta- if I've done the tastings 500 times, I've never done the same lineup twice. It, it, it always changes. It's always just kind of what's available or what, um, what, what I feel like pouring that night or whatever. So, <laughs> In Kentucky Owls, sometimes not even a part of it. Usually when I see the pictures, it's usually yeah. never a part of it, right? No, it's not. And, and you know, the the only – there's two reasons for that. One is because, you know, I, I don't I don't even have a whole lot of the stuff. But two, um, I like I, – my goal is to put, you know, different flavor profiles in front of people and, and talk them through how they achieve that or what, what, what the emphasis is there or, um, and, and the reality is that I want people to be very honest and, and, you know, you pour some for somebody that's, that's really sweet and really, um, really mild next to something really, you know, spicy and full flavored and, and, you know, 
the one person enjoys one and one person enjoys the other. But the reality is that, you know, you don't put the same thing in front of everybody and expect everybody to love it. You want to show them different character uh, characteristics, different nuances. And, and I want people to be honest. And when I put Kentucky Allen there, um, you don't, oftentimes get that honesty. Everybody wants to be like, Oh yeah, I love it. This is oh, it's the beautiful. Best thing ever. You know, and, 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 um, and, and I don't, you know, I don't want that. You know, I want, I, 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 you know, I want it to be, um, yeah, I want people to be honest and, and open about what they're, um, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, that'll probably wrap it up. You know, Dixon, I want to say thanks again for taking the time to, uh, to talk to us today. You know, we, like I said, it's been a hundred plus episodes, almost 140 plus episodes since we had you yeah, on last time. Two so and a half years. It's, I think. it's been a while. Now it's time. To, it's good to get an update and hopefully we'll have to wait two and a half years until the next one. Well, I mean, I tell you what, first of all, I mean, it's a testament to what you guys are doing. Um, you know, I, I received several messages that said, oh, cool. I see you're going back on, uh, you know, the burn pursuit. And, and, and so you guys are, are doing an amazing thing. You're doing amazing things for uh, the industry. Um, for, you know, little rednecks like me in, in Harrodsburg, I, I appreciate the hey, opportunity. Right there with Thank you. Thank you for, for all you've done to help, you know, Kentucky Al and, and our brand and, and, and for, uh, for the opportunity to come on and, and congratulations on, on all your success with, with, uh, a hundred and whatever plus episodes. That's <laughs> it's getting serious. Up. But I, oh, you know, we appreciate the kind yeah, of absolutely. Words. But it's cool for us to see guys like you, you know, that had this dream and vision and see it like, you know, come to a fruition and see it to come about. So it's very cool to see how, you know, it all come together. It's exciting for us because we're right here and we get to see it all up front. Well, you need to, you know, you're, you're not too far from, from here. You come down, we'll, we'll uh, work through batch number eight together. So. Hey, there we go. Put the burn pursuit sticker on there. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. I was going to say, I was like, one of these days we're going to catch each other in person because I was like, I know you've been here in Louisville doing things at the Berman Society. You've given some other talks here. And I was like, God, we always always keep missing each other. Across exactly Kenny, Kenny's got his own tasting room that we can, <laughs> uh, I, I'd, I'd offer you mine, but Kenny's is way better. <laughs> one of these days. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, Dixon, uh, so anybody that wants to get in contact with you, find out more about you, Kentucky Al, Beaumont Inn, how do they do it? I mean, there's obviously KentuckyAl.com. There's BeaumontInn.com. The, you know, I am, I'm easy to find. I'm, uh, the old Al, uh, the old Al on Instagram, um, Samuel Dixon Deadman on Facebook or, you know, Dixon, D-I-X-O-N at KentuckyAlBourbon.com is, is, is my new fancy Kentucky Al email address. <laughs> and he reads all of his fan mail. That's right. He responds to every message and his hate mail, but <laughs> as quickly as I can get to it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. So make sure you're following Dixon on social media. Make sure you're following us as well. So you can follow Bourbon Pursuit on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you like the show, you like what you're hearing, support the show, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. Uh, it's also another one of these great perks that, as Dixon said, that, you know, people were sending messages to him saying, I'm glad you're back on Bourbon Pursuit. The only people that knew about it were people on Patreon. So it's really cool that uh, we yep. were able to make that happen. So it's uh, you get the opportunity to sit here and join live, watch it while it's happening, be able to kind of see uh, see it as well before anybody else does. Yeah, for sure. And we love hearing from our fans. Uh, so please keep 
uh, send us messages, emails. We love hearing from you, getting your social show suggestions, your comments, your feedback. So please keep that up. That that really helps us keep getting good ideas and keep bringing great content to you. So let's work on our side. That's right. We don't have to brainstorm. <laughs> we just like, oh, they just tell us what to do and we go do it. So it makes it a lot easier. Uh, but anyways, we'll see you all next time.